and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 433. That's right. Tonight we are talking about Far Sector number 11. This is the penultimate issue before the series finale. Um, and uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. So um, each issue is obviously opened up with these little Owen intelligence things, and each one of them has had their own area of relevance but in this particular one it is denoting a conversation that took place between the guardians of the universe and basically um the conversation goes thusly between two guardians the first guardian says on the eve of our decision regarding the city enduring's request for a green lantern we find the city consumed by chaos and one of our lanterns already at the core of it she isn't on the assignment rolls her ring is non-standard uh, who designed it? Who is responsible for? And then a second guardian says, I am. Guardian then responds, why would you do this? This guardian replies, the rest of you were taking too long. And a third guardian says, but we have no true jurisdiction in that re- region. We must remove her at once before we're blamed for. Second guardian says, do that. And every simulation suggests the city will transform into an aggressor empire, threatening peace on a galactic scale and ultimately requiring the intervention of the entire core. And given the history of the trilogy races, we would have no choice but to wipe them out entirely. Anything less and they will rebuild stronger than come for us. After 16 seconds of silence, the Guardian uh, says, then continues... Leave her alone for the glow's sake. She is a Green Lantern. She'll get it done. And then there's a quote, always a quote somewhere in here uh, that has its own relevance. In order to rise from its own ashes, a phoenix must first burn from Octavia Butler. Story by N.K. Jemison, art and color and cover by Jamal Campbell, lettering by uh, Oran uh, Bennett, variant cover by Mirka Andolfo, Associate editor Maggie Howell, editors Andy Corey and Jamie S. Rich, and DC's Young Animal, curated by Gerard Way. Gerard Way. I think that was Duran Bennett. Duran. Sorry, it's kind of hard with this uh, font. Yeah, I know it is. It's 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 the O's and the D's are, but if you look at uh, Marka and Dolfo, that's where you can kind of see that their slight chain difference between their D's and their O's apparently. So we open up with open up with chaos happening in the city, enduring people trying to vote, being unable to. Uh, some protests and things like that going on. Everybody uh, going at each other's throats while the counselor is being escorted back by uh, Lantern Joe, uh, as well as uh, the peace officer. I forget her name. Sison, I think that was her name. It's just, again, guys, it's hard to remember. Uh, we'll we'll get it. Yeah, Sison, the peace accountant. Uh, 
they arrive to check out what's going on at the heart of the uh, of everything, uh, and they run across an officer who's trying to stop them from entering. Uh, but then the uh, Marth kind of threatens him in a way. He says uh, he's talk- talking to this guard. He's not letting him in. Talks about how his partner is um, is somebody uh, in the at at, and then how what he's doing is uh, effectively going against. Uh, you know, the ability for the at-ats to um, vote to basically effectively making his partner's life harder. Uh, and how would he feel if he found out what you were doing? So on and so forth. So he decides to let them pass. They pass and they get on on the ground floor to see what is going on at the, the center of everything. And we see uh, Glory uh, in the system uh, trying to stifle the voting process and everything like that. Uh, she says, I wouldn't have needed uh, stop at all if you and Avarup hadn't conspired to block me at every turn. Once she agreed to issue an order for your arrest, her usefulness was done. I had to wait for a referendum when uh, the PD's forces would already be spread thin. The military is easier to control. We've tried, uh, we've been a triad of dictators for years. I'm just cutting out the middleman. Uh, she uh, then one of the people who was trying to stop Glory uses an anti-bomb, which uses a localized tactical antimatter pulse. They unleash kinetic in, uh, damage and an EMP. Very small, very clean, and very destructive, perfect for terrorism. This uh, enrages Glory. She says they're illegal weapons of mass destruction. One anti-bomb could destroy my people by the billion. Uh, they also could knock out every system on the platform, including our, the defense screens. Uh, the individual who launched those anti-bombs passes away from uh, their priorly sustained wounds um, uh, to which uh, Marth then tells Glory, you can't go through this coup now. If our citizens are willing to wipe themselves out to be free of the exploit. And she says, then maybe it's time I oblige them. My people have been exploited by you meat salad since the beginning of the city, but as long as it doesn't destroy too many servers, we should survive an orbital bombardment just fine. So she's trying to shut down the defense systems, the planetary defense systems and the the screen around the cities. She says the city's memes have been inferior since the exploit Earth, though, produces so much more, so much beautiful creative chaos that they just dump into space. I suppose we'll have to go conquer them. This causes Joe to light up. Um, The... Uh, captain of the Venerable Fallen requesting clarification on the orders we just received, and she said it should be, uh, Glory says it's quite clear, fire. Mars, uh, Marth tries to get them to blay that order. He's under arrest, so she's not allowing him to do that. She's uh, He's been deposed, so the order stands. Uh, another captain chimes in and says, you want me to bombard city platforms, and uh, I didn't sign on to kill my own people. It's treason if you disobey. Then... The uh, uh, Joe is able to get into the main uh, hollow emitter because of that. Glory can't have a physical presence, so she sort of kicked her back to the digital realm. Uh, the not free, the city's not free from the potential destructive force, though. She's just unable to send those orders. Uh, Joe tries the, to go through Canhas. Canhas doesn't have the same processing power as a counselor like Glory, so. Uh, Sizen opens a channel to every peace officer telling them that, uh, to kind of muster an army and start fighting back. They do that to the best of their ability. And sorry, guys, it's we'll get into it a little bit more, but essentially speaking, it's been 
so long since between the issues and I've read so many other comics, I'm it's, I'm having a hard time keeping up with where we're at and who who's doing what and everything. So forgive me. I don't uh, think it's just the the gap. My yeah, personal we'll, opinion. Which we'll get to. Yes. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, uh, Mars says, if the at at are preventing a cyber attack and the PD is keeping the screen generators online, then Glory's only way to win is convincing the captains to obey her. And it's even one does to which uh, Joe says, just following orders. Right. Okay. Uh, he, he says, you'll have help, not much, but maybe enough. Uh, and he says, you wanted to know what the money was for that he was selling switch off for. And then we see that uh, the cloud cryptocracy, uh, cryptocracy. Yeah. Uh, has sent some ships and is joining in on the fighting. Basically, Marth had hired his own, the the trilogy's old, old enemies uh, to help counter what uh, Glory had planned. Uh, they've called in some medics to help Marth. Uh, so the stage is set. Everything's going on, and and uh, Joe says, I, "I I'll do what I have to do." She asks Sizen before she goes uh, if she'll try switch off uh, with her just once. Uh, and then Sizen says, I suppose I could once it's legal and could be interesting to show you my whole self. And Sizen lights up, flies away, or sorry, Joe lights up and flies away to face down the, uh, the coming fight and says, well, then I guess I'd better survive this. Now let's see if we can save 20 billion people with 20% ring power. And it says to be continued. Nicely done, Chad. Yeah, I tried. I, uh, that's that's without. I wanted to spend more time and like go look up some of these things and everything. I just guys, I'm packing to move. I just didn't have the time to pull old issues and flip through them and things like that. So sorry about that. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. I'll let you take it from here because I'm having a yawning fit. Apparently, <laughs> has nothing to do with the issue in terms of maybe. Order, <laughs> but I don't know why I'm having a yawning fit. Uh, this. This may not have been a Morrison issue, but it did remind me of a Morrison <laughs> issue. I this is probably there have been some issues of this book I have not liked as much as others, but I got to tell you, I, this right off the top of my head, this is one of my least favorite books in of this of this series so far. I don't think it's just because we've we've read a lot of stuff and and we've reviewed a lot of books between far sector books. I just think this. I think honestly, this issue is very convoluted. I think it's very all over the place, and there is a certain element, almost like the chickens coming home to roost, when you have so many damn characters with weird names and different things, and and then you jam them all together, and and, and along with, I don't know, it just seems very hodgepodgey to me. It just, I I I re I when I first read this issue, it was like it's more like a skim job, because it did nothing for me. I like the ending. I like the ending. There were a few, few cool uh, panels in it, but it's like for me. And again, maybe it's my mindset, maybe because I'm kind of checked out when it comes to this book, maybe to a certain extent. But to me, this was I didn't have one iota of, of interest in what was going on in this book. It just seemed. And again, maybe it echoes something else we talked about. Maybe, again, this is a book that really never had 12 issues of story in it, but was really stretched out to make it 12. Maybe it could have been a much better eight to 10 issue series than 12. And those are my those are my initial thoughts. And listening to you recap it and be and be reminded again of what I thought about this when I first read it last week. And it's like, yeah, I I'm hoping issue 12 is better. But 
when the, when, the, when the most interesting thing in the book, arguably, is that stuff on the first page with the conversation between the Guardians? Yeah. Um, so let's, I guess let's talk. Well, before that. So it's interesting. We didn't have a chance to mention it in any of the other episodes. Maybe I could have, you know, chimed in or whatever, but it would have felt very out of place if I did. I had a theory that um, the Guardian that gave her her ring would somehow be involved in the race that um, kind of conquered the city enduring or tried to conquer them and kind of led them evolutionarily to this point. Basically the, the crypt, the cryptocracy or, or whatever their, their names are. Where is it again? The cloud cryptocracy that they would return somehow, but it, but that it would be linked to the guardian in some way. I was obviously wrong about that. But it's sort of half right, I guess, that the the cloud cryptocracy uh, would return. Um, so I'm giving myself some credit that <laughs> I, I realize to the listeners at home, it sounds like I'm retroactively giving myself credit for something I never said on air. Uh, but but I, it was it was a thought I had had, and I was like, yeah, those they keep talking about this cryptocracy. And then there was that issue. And I can't remember if it was like issue eight or nine or whatever, where like uh, someone was using like old tech from the cryptocracy. So I was like, man, they keep bringing this up and they keep involving it. They, they, the cryptocracy has to show up again in some way, shape or form. So it's interesting that they showed up here. Um, so that part intrigues me in their involvement with Marth. And it also intrigues me, obviously what you said, the stuff at the very beginning uh, with the guardian, um, you know, guardians historically have had uh, a history of disagreeing and doing whatever the hell they wanted, despite what their brethren said, you know, Krona and Ganthet, Sade and Scar and so on and so forth. So that's really nothing new to have sort of a, I don't want to necessarily call this guardian a rogue guardian, but you know, for lack of a better term, a rogue guardian do this thing and recruit Joe uh, to, to handle this situation. Um, so that is intriguing to me. I hope we actually see more of this guardian. I hope that the resolution of this, um, either, either issue 12 gives us more flashback sequences or kind of what was happening in the guardian's head. Although this sort of intro page sort of gives us that. So maybe not, but at the very end, you know, maybe having the guardian can, you know, come say hi to Joe or call her through the ring or something. And, you know, I just want to, I just want some closure in that sense as well. I agree with you. It does feel very uh, disconnected and confusing, but I disagree with you on why. I, I still believe it is time um, between issues. I still believe it is the names, the places, and, and the fact that this is genuinely supposed to be a mystery. So while Joe is trying to uncover what's happening, some of it's not necessarily going to make sense until we receive even more pieces to the puzzle. But by issue 11, you would think that you would have all the pieces and uh, then all that's left is in issue 12 to have the resolution. So I can, can I can see being frustrated with it. Plus the fact that Joe is supposed to show up uh, by issue, I think two of the new Green Lantern series and, you know, it's guys, uh, issue 12 of Far Sector, the finale of this thing does not come out. It is solicited for release until June 2nd. This thing came out last week. As we record this, it is April 14th. This thing came out on June uh, on April 7th. That is almost two whole months 
between this issue here and and uh, the finale. So trying to remember everything that happens. And by the way, the same day that Far Sector number 12 comes out, so does Crime Syndicate 4, which has the the cover, both main cover and variant cover, of uh, featuring that Emerald Knight, the Jon Stewart from Earth 3, as well as Green Lantern number 3. So in terms of Green Lantern fans, you know, who are uh, other things they're looking forward to, the same day that comes out, there's already something. And then, of course, considering that that release date is issue three, you know that even before that, sometime in between now and then, there's got to be issue two of Green Lantern that comes out. Then we have to talk about, you know, the the DC Pride special, the um, Infinite Frontier continuation, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot that happens just Green Lantern-wise between issue 11 and issue 12 uh, of Far Sector. Uh, not to mention, if you're a comic book fan reading things other than only things relating to green lantern like i am there is quite a few things that is that are happening you know uh, between now and june and june 2nd that you're going to get excited about and want to read and uh, you're going to forget what happens here so i'm still very convinced that far sector is going to be a completely better uh, experience in trade and the fact that we're on issue 11 and they still haven't solicited a trade for issues one through six makes me extremely hopeful um and and it seems to be leaning this way that when they do solicit a trade or a hardcover of far sector it's going to be the entire series and not just uh a, you know volumes of of the series it's also you know very helpful that this is a young animal series so that's really what they have been doing for the young animal line, like um, these uh, young animal. And also I think DC's black label, black label for sure. Like the Harleen series, the, the death of, uh, 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 or the question, the death of Vic Sage um, and so on and so forth. All those black label series have, have all been like just single volumes rather than splitting in, in, in different pieces. So that makes me more hopeful. I just, you know, Jamal Campbell's art on this thing really continues to amaze me. I really enjoy it. There's a lot of great panels. The coloration is still very consistent. Like, I'm just, this is going to be one beautiful ass book when it is all put together. I do agree with you. You know, I, I feel lost reading this, um, but my reasoning for feeling lost feels like it's a little bit different than yours. I do still blame it on on time between issues and you know, names of people and places and what's going on. Um, but I don't know that that can be helped. Uh, it sounds like it might've been something that they just agreed to with the creative team in DC or whatever. I don't know what lead, led them to the decision to release every, every other month or whatever. Um, but that's a decision they made. Um, I've, I've enjoyed so much of far sector. I really hesitate to say that this was a, a gigantic step down for me. You know what I mean? Did I did I feel lost? Sure, but I don't think it was for any other any new reasons that that uh, you know that I wasn't seeing in other issues of Far Sector where I felt lost. I just think it's been trending in the wrong direction over the last couple of issues. I'm trying to remember the last one. I I'm trying to remember if ten was the one that I liked or whether it was nine. It might have been ten, but there's a little une- unevenness in this, and there's a whole lot of I know at some point. If it's a mystery, there's going to be an in, there's going to be an info dump. There almost has to be, but this issue was pretty heavy on info dumping, and 
beyond, I mean, and again, it's not like Joe figured most of this stuff out really on her own. So again, the idea that they're building her up to be like the universe's greatest detective. I mean, that's not exactly still, it's not really evident in this story alone. And if this story is going to lead into the green lantern book where she gets put on the case to look into the mystery of the gauntlet and everything else, it's, it's, it still seems more like because it's agenda driven and earned based on what we've seen in via stories or stories. And she's only had one story so far in current continuity. I, I, I see where you're coming from. And I'm not going to say that if this book came out monthly, that it would be, that it wouldn't be less confusing. Cause I think that's kind of like a no brainer that it would be. It's like everything else. It, it would be like saying that the Morrison book had been bi-monthly. Imagine how more confusing that book would have been. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think the book can still end well. It seems like 12 is kind of building up almost more towards an action conclusion than a denouement uh, conclusion to the mystery. So I don't know. I this my my interest in this series has kind of gone down. I think it certainly was not helped by the move to buy monthly. I don't think that helped it at all. I don't think that helps almost any book <laughs> to move it to buy monthly. Uh, especially if you know it's a mini, you know it, it's that it has it has a set shelf life, and you only know you know that it's not going to be ongoing. You know, if it's an ongoing book and it shifts to bi-monthly, that usually means it's on the verge of being canceled, and they're just trying to keep it all keep it alive a little bit longer. We'll see. We'll see how it ends. I still am interested in in the ending, but I would assume I'm gonna, correction. I would agree with you that if we don't get any kind of ties back in with with the Guardian, any kind of interaction either with the Guardians themselves or Joe. And the female guardian that gave her the ring, then that seems like another missed opportunity or, or not. I mean, especially since we know no matter how you view it, she's being, you know, she's being put into uh, the Green Lantern book that whether you think she's being shoehorned in or whether you think it's it's a natural uh, transition. We know she's going there. So since the Morrison book went out of its way to transition to what was about to come, that you would think it would make sense that the far sector book now that, you know, obviously it would probably have to have been a ret, uh, retcon or a revision since when it was originally conceived, this book probably was, was going to come out at a different time. Even if they thought that the five G stuff was going to still take place when this was when this was written or mostly written, it would seem that there should be a transition to what's about to come for Joe. And if there's not that with the guardians and, it would be a missed opportunity, I would say. The I don't know. I, I I I like I said, I'm really looking forward to how it reads in trade. I suppose I could always just take out these single issues and flip through them one by one in, in sequential order, but I don't know. I, I I would I would really like to read it trade format, see how it comes out there. Yeah, I think the main thing here though is just the space between issues because I just did a head count while we were talking and I am reading I don't know the exact, I, I, I hesitate to give the exact number because I think one or two of those issues might be postponed till later in the year. But I am reading at least 40 comics between today and the, in terms of stuff that released between, in terms of stuff that released today, the 14th, and the week that this comes out, the 26th. And that's not in, or sorry, the, 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 the 2nd of June. That's not including the stuff that comes out on the 2nd of June. 40 comics between now and the next issue of this thing. And, and that's not including stuff that I already own and haven't read that's sitting on the to read pile. So to, to, uh, to read a bunch of other series, a bunch of other comics, 40 different things 
between issue 11 and if, issue 12 to ask me to remember Zizen by the Sea and of the whatever, you know, and then you re remember all the complex uh, sociological stuff that's happening and what led us here and the names and switch off and exploit and all, like all that stuff uh, to all these details. Come on. Maybe that says something uh, not so great about my brain capacity or my capacity for memory or whatever, but uh, I, I, I can't imagine trying to remember what happened between issue 11 and 12 if I was only getting Green Lantern related stuff, let alone all the comics that I'm getting currently, which is, you know, King of Black Ties and there's Justice, the new Justice League series and, and, and the Crime Syndicate and then, you know, all the freaking indie titles uh, that I'm reading, like uh, the, the freaking Black Label American Vampire 1976 series and the freaking I'm reading Thor over at Marvel, the Luna, the many deaths of Layla Starr, the Phantom on the Scan, Berserker, uh, Once in Future, so on and so forth. Like the these issues after issues after issues of various series that I'm really interested in and trying to keep up with. And it's just like as much as I enjoy Far Sector, you know, um, uh, a lot of when you're reading 40 issues between issue 11 and issue 12, there's bound to be other comics in that four, bunch of 40 that excite me more than this. So uh, I'm I'm gonna be more inclined to devote like, I don't know memory uh, capacity to to the stuff that excites me more than this. Uh, Jamal Campbell knocks it out of the park. He always has my to the point where. My local comic shop, Fat City Comics, uh, comics professionals uh, over off Cesar Chavez in Austin, they um, they pull me basically anything Jamal Campbell, whether I've asked them to or not. And it's not like, a, here, you're buying this because it's Jamal Campbell. It's a, we know you love Jamal Campbell. Do you want this? We pulled it for you just to make sure you had it. Uh, like Jamal Campbell has done some variants for the, the other history of the DCU. Jamal Campbell is doing some variants for the new Tom Taylor Nightwing series and so on and so forth. Like they'll, they'll pull, if Jamal Campbell has done a variant or done something, they'll pull it for me because of how much I love Jamal Campbell's work on this. So there's stuff in here that I'm still very excited about and excited to see. It's just two months between issues uh, when I'm reading 40 plus things more, more than 40, because realistically speaking, I have probably 15, 20 issues on the two read pile right now. And that doesn't include maybe a, a trade paperback that, you know, trade paperbacks realistically can take longer just because collected editions or sometimes I'll buy the old stuff or whatever. So it's not like I have to read that as quickly, but it's a lot of fucking comics to read between two issues of a series and try to remember what happened. <laughs> and whose fault is that, Chad? <laughs> Your <laughs> no. I, but some some of this has to fall on creative, though, too, because when you decide to create as interesting as it is on some levels, when you create something that's so um, complicated, so elaborate with all these names and all this shit, and all that, even if it play, even even if it came out monthly, I, I don't think this book, this book might have been slightly less confusing, but it still would have been one of the more confusing books of this run. So I think some of this is like, again, it's the chickens coming home to roost with some of these things that were laid out from the very beginning of the series that, and again, that's the story she wanted to tell. That's, that's cool. But there were elements to it that were always like head scratching with the names and why do all these names have to be so complicated and, and trying to, trying to keep this character separated from this character. We could, and yes, some of this, if the entire book had been monthly, 
then it would have been it would be easier. I'm not saying it wouldn't be easier, but I don't think I don't think the built and I'm not saying you said it to be this, but I don't think there's an a like built in get out of jail free card excuse that oh because now the book shifted by monthly, so that's the reason why this this book is a lot more hard to follow compared to other books. I think this book is just dense, and I think it would have been hard to follow even if we had an issue in March of this book. That's that's my that's what I think. I th- and I think that this there have been a few issues of this book. I mean, I know. I mean, yes, obviously, as the series has gone on, it's gotten a little quote unquote preachier too. I mean, the beginning of this issue was very preachy. It kind of gets swallowed up pretty relatively quickly with in a way with the dynamics of what's going on here without, again, reading into any of that and and, uh, projecting. But the reality is, I think I think this was I think this was a weak issue compared to most of the other issues that we've gotten in in this series. Doesn't mean it can't end on a high note, but I think it's I think it's relatively weak from certainly based on the high points that we've gotten at different times from this book. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Anything else about this issue? No, we just keep our fingers crossed for uh, number 12. All right. What else do we want to talk about? So you want to let's do Laurel's email? Yeah, let me pull that up. No, actually, let's let you read that. All righty then. Uh, hi, Chad, Mark. I'm catching up on podcasts and just finished the episode covering the final issues of the Green Lantern. I agree with Chad. There's no reason to purposely confuse the reader as a writing style. Well, I think she, agree- I think we're both agree <laughs> agree with there. I don't mind needing to concentrate to pick up details early in an issue or arc that end up being important later, or having an occasional creative issue that challenges the norms of comic writing. But to purposely frustrate the reader or force them to do some sort of deep research into comics from the 70s that may not even they may not even own is just too far. That's why Grant Morrison is so hit or miss for me. Thanks for covering the series. I'm not getting monthly comics anymore, so I'll be relying on your coverage until I get access to new issues through the DC app. It might make me behind on feedback, but no, but no, I'm still listening. Take care, Laurel. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's over. At this point, like I, I appreciate the feedback, Laurel. I'm glad you agree with us. You've echoed a lot of what we said throughout the entire series, um, even from ser- season one. But at this point, guys, I'm just relieved we don't have to talk about Grant Morrison anymore on this on Green Lantern. I, I agree. I think it's for like for me, like so you guys did I tell did I tell the whole story of moving and everything? Yes. Like why I'm moving on, on yes, air? Yes, I believe so. Okay. So with as quick as all this shit happened, um, it's <laughs> a matter of fact actually you know what <laughs> give me two seconds i want to i want to grab this letter i got the other day it's, it, it, it'll be relevant give me two seconds let's take bets people how relevant this is <laughs> hey i heard that i'm sure you did and so did they we're gonna have oh. a we're gonna we're gonna have a special tan tangent award soon to see <laughs> guess how far we're into still, the we're still within the time limit. i know i'm only kidding i'm just gonna say <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a special tan like a tangent contest to see for people like for people to take a stab ahead of time how far into the episode before something like this happens but go ahead i'm only kidding what do you got okay guys uh i have i have a note that was put on my door yesterday that is the April 14th, right? This whole thing starts off saying, Get out. No. 
in, in big, in, technically, in big red letters, notice to vacate implemented. But it says, April 13, 2021, dear residents, thank you for being a valued resident at Connection. That's the name of the, the Connection is the name of the apartment complex. This letter is to serve as your formal notice to vacate the premises when your lease ends on April 26, 2021. Right? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, Notice to vacate, whatever. They're letting you know at the very beginning. This is this is this is a letter we put. Pay attention to this letter. This isn't spam. This is something you need to read before you just throw it out. Then they start it. Thank you for being a valued resident at Connection. The last sentence of this: If you refuse to vacate the premises within the given date, we will take legal actions to evict you from the premises. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I am to further to further this, guys. I have I have a filter in my email address and, and I send everything from my apartment complex that I get into a folder called the connection, obviously. So I know I'm looking through the emails here. I have no official communication via email that uh, that they are not renewing leases. Right. I found this out through my roommate. Right. About a couple of weeks ago, which is when I started looking for a new place. This letter here. On April 13th is the first official anything, email, paper, or otherwise, from my complex that they're not renewing my lease. My lease ends on the 26th, and I am, if if I didn't already hear about it, the 13th would have been the first time I had heard anything from anybody. Can you imagine if I had gotten this letter, and that was my first notice that that was going to happen, and I have to find a new place within... 13 days. You hear that knock on the door on, on the morning of the 26th. <laughs> like, Get thank, out! thank God I found a place. Thank God. I, you know, it sucks that I have to pay two rents during the month of April. Cause I picked up the keys to the new place on the first and, and all that stuff. But my God, the stress of just moving in general, packing everything up, unpacking it, paying movers. I got inter. I called to get internet set up today. Blah, 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 blah. Not to mention the kind of gap time that it takes once you're in a new place to fall asleep comfortably and all that. Like, of course, I'll be in my familiar bed, familiar feelings and so on and so forth. But falling asleep easily in a new place, it takes a minute for your sort of equilibrium to catch up. Right. So all of the stress I have with moving, I honestly equate with. (laughs) <laughs> the Grant Morrison Lantern series. Like that level of stress of trying to understand what the hell is happening. Why is this happening to me? Do I really have to go through this? And then honestly, the the, the most I can equate it to is just the, the, the feeling of just being done with the Morrison series is what I hope is the same feeling that washes over me whenever I am finally unpacked and in my new place of just being done with these assholes at the connection because I'm just, I just want, I'd want that feeling to just wash over me of, okay, that hell was gone. And Mark has been making fun of me for the past several years, whether it was the connection or any of my other previous places in terms of student housing and how bad management is and all that stuff. And I'll finally have my own place again and so on and so forth. So, you know, Forgetting this, the connection. There's a, a there's a, a pattern of behavior over several years across several management companies, uh, and the fact that I would equate being done with the Morrison series to be done to being done with this uh, bullshit <laughs> of management companies uh, mismanaging things is tells you a lot about how much I fucking hated Morrison. <laughs>
At, at least we don't have to ask the question, who hurt you, Chad? Because we know it's Grant Morrison. <laughs> Seriously, though, is that is that not the stupidest thing? you? The fact that that letter is the first official communication <laughs> 13 days before my lease is up. Who does that? Yeah, that, 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 that is that is kind of funny. <laughs> it starts the damn letter off by saying, thank you for being a valued resident. <laughs> now get the fuck out. Eviction. <laughs> Just, oh, eat it, guys. Oh, Christ. Anyways, all right. Uh, so, yes, thank you, Laurel, for the feedback. Guys, keep feedback coming. Oh, peace. Uh, tying into feedback, we are at 900 followers on Twitter right now. So we'll be game one since last week. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not mocking it, but where we at 899? I don't remember where I said we were last week, but we are at 900 now, which means we're only a, I mean, relatively speaking, it is a small amount, uh, only 100 followers away from the end of the 1,000 follower Twitter contest, which was details of which were outlined in episode 422. So if you are interested in winning a big old prize uh, and you want to know how to win said prize, uh, if you're following us on Twitter already, then please go to episode 422 and listen to that. All right, what's next? Black Lantern talk, right? That's right. Who is the new Black Lantern? So the Infinite Frontier series, we got the the Zero issue um, to help launch off this new universe that they have built uh, after Future State. And um, we've got some Alan Scott stuff and all of this. But uh, one of, I don't know if it's a cover. Yeah, it's a cover. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm just going to read straight from blogofo.com. So all, all praise to be to Myron. Uh, <laughs> the new Infinite Frontier series debut in debuts in June of 2021. So the issue one, not not zero. Zero is already out. But today on Twitter, both uh, writer Joshua Josh Williamson and artist Mick Jared uh, Mitch Jareds shared out the cover to issue three with a big great big tease. Um, while we know that Green Lantern Alan Scott features in the series, the fantastic new cover art reveals a brand new Black Lantern is on the way, but who could it be? The white glove seems to imply it's a Green Lantern, but there are some other options as well. So it's, it's, uh, if you guys are looking for it, uh, just head on over to blogofoa.com. There's an image there of the cover for issue three. Um, I'm curious, man. It's, it's because this is the cover to issue three. It is very hard. Um, it is very hard to say if it's very hard to say if the if issue zero is enough to give you significant hints as to who the Black Lantern will be, because you would think it would be one of the quintessence, right? Based on deaths in issue zero. Well, if if those could, people are truly it dead, it could be. It could be. Um, but we also don't know what's going to happen in issues one and two. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. All we have to go off of right now is issue zero. Uh, so the fact that this, uh, this is the cover to issue three, that is the concern. But if we can only go off issue zero, wh- who are your speculations as to who the black lantern of issue three is based on what we saw in zero? Well, phantom stranger sometimes has white gloves, right? He does. That's so, where I was going to go. So I would, yeah, if I was going to guess based on, Based on if it was one of the one of the quintessence, would make any sense for it to be Gantha and this and the Spectre. Plus, we've kind of been there, done that with with the Spectre in a way. Uh, yeah, if, if it's going to be one of the quintessence, I would say it would be it would be the Phantom be the Phantom Stranger. 
Phantom Stranger makes sense. Um, could be a guardian. But with the glove? If the glove is a clue. If the glove is a clue, but uh, then no. But uh, could be a guardian. We've seen guardians wear rings before. Of course, the more interesting question is where the black ring actually comes from. <laughs> what are the circumstances involving? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where does the ring come from that ends up resurrecting this person as a black lantern and, and, the, and the rationale for it? Yeah, to see, that, that's, that's also the trouble is does the internal logic of a black lantern hold true in this new black lantern as we've known in the past, because hell, even the most, I don't even want to say most recent, even black hand um, in the, towards the, the middle of, or the end of the um, Venditti series didn't really make sense uh, in, in line with what we learned in blackest night. That is true. So, I mean, honestly, it's kind of up in the air. How does this work? It, it, it's it's really interesting to me. It's really interesting to me that let's say it, it is supposed to make sense. What happened in issue one of the new Green Lantern series that could tie into this? Oh, what are you talking about? The Guardian? Mm-hmm. The death of an immortal is supposed to be something that helps crack open the door to Necron, right? I mean, historically speaking, I mean, that's. That's that's uh that's what happened in the first appearance of Necron. One of the guardians died. That's what loosened the bonds between the the two realms for Necron to peek his way through. That is true when you look at it from that perspective. That is true. And they used that same exact thing to summon Necron when Black Hand killed a bunch of guardians. That's how we got Necron on Earth. So the death of an immortal, the death of a guardian is tied in some way to Black Lantern showing up in some facet or another. Interesting. Just be nice to get some Lantern-related stuff on that level again. I mean, yeah, honestly. It's a good thing we were already covering, uh, already decided we were going to cover Infinite Frontier in some capacity or another. Yeah, even more of a reason to. I think some people are thinking it's going to be Jade, since she's had history with being a Black Lantern before. But who knows? Well, I mean... Lots of things are possible, but again, we have to, but it, it's easier to speculate with characters that we already know have died recently because <laughs> she's still alive again. So, uh, I mean, on that, on that level, it could be, I mean, if you, if we were, and that's not saying it's wrong, but if we were going to do blind speculation about who it could be and the reality is there's so many, there's tons of characters that are currently, as far as we know, that are still alive, they could, they could bump off at some point between now and issue three of infinite frontier. So then it would make sense. But for us, we can only go with characters that we know as, as of this moment or are dead, especially recently dead. Uh, I mean, Jade would only have an impact if you, because, because of Alan Scott's presence in the, in the, in the mini, I suppose. I mean, but there's Alan Scott himself. Yeah, that is a possibility too. Oh, they won't, but they won't be involved in this series, but I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, maybe not. All right. Anything else? I don't think so, right? I oh, mean, creative credit. Yeah. Oh yes, that uh, yes. Based on I'm just I'm sorry. I was thinking uh, based on major major topics before yeah, we yeah. transition to the yes. Yeah, no worries. That's the, so. The last thing, guys. Uh, today is the 14th uh, of April. I have as of midnight the this morning or whatever released a new episode of Creative Credit. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, because the last time I released an episode of creative credit was about two years ago. Uh, creative credit is the podcast that I started 
basically where wherein I could interview any creator of any uh, ilk in terms of writer or artist or inker, letterer, colorist, blah, 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 across the comic book industry with from any publisher about any property. Um, and I have recently gotten a chance to speak with a creator named Hannibal Taboo. Uh, Hannibal Taboo has worked on a wealth of different things, and uh, he has actually been for several years working uh, also in addition to all the other stuff he does he's been working as a comic reviewer on cbr and bleeding cool so i got to talk to him frankly about the state of comic book journalism and clickbait and things like that so that was fun but i spoke with him on creative credit um and uh, that episode is out um by the time you guys hear this episode four should be showing up in your lantern cast feeds as well, because while creative credit has its own feed, uh, we do release the creative credit episodes also in the lantern cast feed as well. Uh, if you guys want to listen to them, um, Today, the reason I had spoken with him and released the, the uh, episode today specifically is because one of his projects that he was working on has uh, has hit this week, and that is Minneapolis Sound. Now, if you're looking for it, it is actually MPLS Sound, uh, and it is from the publisher known, known as uh, Humanoids. Um, and uh, if Humanoids sounds familiar to you, Humanoids, uh, I- uh, episode two of Creative Credit, I spoke with Kwanzaa Osajifo, who uh, was the writer of the series Black uh, from Black Mass Entertainment, but he it was instrumental in launching uh, Humanoids H1 line, which was Ignited, Omni, Strange Lands, kind of the, the universe that Humanoids was building of uh, the storytelling. Um, but uh, Humanoids uh, published this book, uh, Minneapolis Sound. Um, Joseph P. Illage and then have Hannibal Tab- Taboo, uh, are uh, are on the book. Meredith Laxon is doing the the artist, uh, and Tan Shu uh, is the uh, letter or colorist, I believe here. Um, but basically, and let me read the back to you so I don't mess up the solicit for this. Uh, Teresa Booker was hardly the first singer-songwriter to be inspired by his royal badness, but she was the most determined. Minneapolis, 1982, dozens of young bands playing day and night in bars and clubs across the city dream of being noticed by the musical genius of Prince, revered as a guru and a power broker. But when Teresa and her band Starchild are offered the opportunity of a lifetime to be taken in and mentored by their idol, they soon find that there is a dark side to fame and fortune that could turn their dream into a nightmare. Minneapolis Sound, from cover to cover, is the ultimate love letter to the legendary Minneapolis funk rock sounds of the 1980s. So if you guys are fans of Prince... If you guys are fans of music, music in comics in terms of how that can be translated to the artistic medium, the stories that can be told. If you're a fan of sort of fictional nonfiction, there's obviously a lot of research that goes into this to try and get the voice and the demeanor of Prince right to get the um, the feel of Minneapolis in the 80s and the music scene out there right. But obviously this is a fictional story here that takes place within that setting. If you're a fan of that sort of a thing, uh, this is not a new uh, series in terms of single issues. This is a trade paperback uh, that has hit today. So go out and pick up Minneapolis Sound uh, if you're interested. And again, uh, if you're looking for it, it's MPLS Sound uh, is what you'll be searching. And it's from the publisher Humanoids. But Hannibal Taboo and I got to speaking and I had a really good conversation with him. Really frank, really honest. And man has my respect. I really enjoyed speaking with him. Nice. For sure. And uh, 
the next episode is actually already recorded. And uh, for those of you who pay attention to various social medias, I got a chance to actually interview uh, Joe Dinicle. Those of you who don't know, Joe Dinicle is the actor who played Ragman on uh, the CW's Arrow show. So I got a chance to speak with him. Uh, the only reason that is coming out after the Hannibal issue is because that one is going to take place in a couple of different places. Uh, the audio is obviously going to be on creative credit, but I'm going to make a kind of script. Uh, kind of Basically, I'm going to translate everything that we said in audio to um, – to to words on the on the screen for people to read that'll go that post will go over on the ragman blog and then since joe and i spoke via zoom via zoom video call that will also go on youtube so the fact that that's going so many different places is why even though i did the joe interview first uh, that the hannibal interview came out before it so because i have work to do with the joe interview but I was really excited to speak with Joe Dinicle. I thought it was a really cool opportunity. And creative credit is coming back. You've done good, Chad. And I'm working on getting interviews for us because it's been a while since you and I did one for the Lantern cast. I mean, we spoke to Karina and yes. them for Earth 2, but we had already spoken with him before. And it's kind of just, it's it's almost, I mean, even though it's only two volumes out, it's almost tradition to speak with him when one one comes out. So let's try and get some, you know, we, I was thinking, I actually thought today, one of the people I was thinking about reaching out to for the Lantern Cast was Dave, Dave Gibbons, because today is his birthday. Happy so birthday. Got me thinking about Dave Gibbons. But anyways, good luck reaching out to him. He's big name, big name. Uh, I'm sorry, I am rambling. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? No, I'm good tonight. All right, guys. Uh, do we know what's up next? No, luckily. Thank God we don't. <laughs> I'm moving. We're getting ever closer to the move date anyway, so... Uh, all right, guys. Uh, Mark, if they want to send us some feedback like Laurel did, how do they do so? Lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Hashtag Geocast to track us down there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Whichever platform you listen to us on or platforms, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, 708 Lantern is the voicemail. So if you'd like to leave us a text or a voicemail, let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.